Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome to After Hours, everybody, here on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, along with uh, Gary Van Sickle. Gary is a staple on the show now, and not one that comes out of a little machine on your desk, but he's always around, and he's my go-to guy to figure out what's going on out there on the tours and stuff. Interesting about the, the Ryder Cup, um, to me was like you were saying, you've got, you know, 20,000 people trying to, or, or more trying to follow a particular group, uh, there. And I know it's the Ryder cup, but then you go down to like what we just ended up with this weekend. This, uh, last weekend was the Sanderson farm deal and there's 5,000 people running around or whatever it was, you know, like that. Um, I would think that they would want to string out those those pairings on the Ryder Cup so that uh, all of the, not all the crowds want to follow one or two groups. I mean, we saw that in Tiger. You know, you could always tell where Tiger was on the course because there was a rumbling, the earth shook when, you know, when he hit a shot or something. But I would think they would want to spread that out and make it look more even uh, at least for appearances, your thoughts. Well, the, the president's cup does that and they play on Thursday and I apologize for not remembering, but I think they went to all 12 guys play, a, either a four ball or a foursomes match on Thursday. And then they have, uh, all, you know, 12 guys on each team play, uh, the other, the other format on Friday, then they have 36 Saturday and then they have Sunday singles. I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know too many tour players who go, oh boy, can we play 36 a couple of days in a row? Yeah. <laughs> it goes so fast and, it, you know, you're up against football Thursday and Saturday and Sunday, Thursday and Friday, you know, Thursday today, you're not up against any football except, you know, you know, Thursday night football, but you're not, it's the night, you're not up against that. It would, you would think they would, but maybe the, maybe the excitement doesn't carry as much. Uh, yeah. I know it would be an interesting experiment, but you got to realize that the PGA of America is a club professionals and officials, and they're like sales guys. They don't think outside the bun. They stay inside the box. Whatever a sales guy sold last time, he got, let's sell it again. So they aren't going to change anything unless something goes wrong. So I don't think we're going to see an experiment like that, but I would, uh, you know, it's another day of concessions. There's a lot of lot of money making things about it. You would think would have some appeal, but yeah. they 
the way it is now is, you know, you only play eight of your 12 guys and you can, it's, it's another way the teams are equalized. You only, yeah, you got 12 guys, but you only have to play eight of them at any one time. Well, if you have a couple of weak, weak links, you can hide them. And that's one reason that things have been, matches have been so close over the years when even, even when Europe wasn't as good or even when the U.S. wasn't as good, oftentimes they're able to keep it close because they don't have to play everybody at once. And the President's Cup, that's been one of the problems. They're playing all these guys, and the international teams just not doesn't have the depth, and they get clobbered. Yeah. Well, I tell you the truth, I have a President's Cup hat that I wear a lot. Um, I like the President's Cup. I think it's just kind of fun. I know it doesn't have the meaning of the Ryder's Cup, but it it is fun to watch, and I always enjoy it. I, I would think, though, that remember when we were talking back in the show about the TV coverage and coverage leading up to, you know, uh, live from the Ryder Cup, live from the Masters or whatever. But if they stretch that out to four days and here you and I are going to solve the TV production problems here or probably cause more. But if you did that and then integrated those human interest stories and stories from, you know, Steve Stricker played in. 14,000 Ryder Cups, you know, um, do more profiles and stuff like that. It would make for more entertaining television, I think. Yeah, you know, the, the President's Cup, the one thing they hit, they do get right is they they do the pairings like a draft. One guy puts his pairings up, the other guy goes, oh, well, I'll see that and raise you this. Right. And the Ryder Cup, they do the pairings blind. And, you know, I don't know if it matters, but it's an easier way on Sunday to, if you wanted to match up certain players, like, um, I don't know who you would want to see this year, John Rahm and Pashambo maybe, or somebody, I don't know, but the captains can do it. That can do it if they want to. But so I think that's more fun. I don't know. The president's cup. Look, the team match play is the most exciting format in, in golf, in professional golf. It's fun. If you can just forget about the irrelevancy of the rider of the president's cup, you get into it. It's just like the Ryder Cup. It's it's fun. Yeah. Even when they had the Warburton Cup, which was a Ryder Cup for seniors, uh, if you if you could overlook what it meant, nothing. It's a fun format. Match play is great. Every hole has a conclusion. You don't have to watch the whole match. You can watch three holes and you saw three conclusions. It's great. Win, lose, or draw. So there's a lot there's a lot to be said for match play on TV except for the fact that the TV doesn't know when the matches are going to end. They might end early and then they have dead air and that's why they hate them. Well, true, but you know, there's ways, um, there's ways around that. You know, you could do like they do in, in basketball and football, take a TV timeout once in a while and they could run a little five minute, uh, you know, profile or something i don't know i mean i'm not a tv producer oh, they, they've got stuff they've got stuff can in case something like that happens right like the world match play thing boy if that ends the guy wins that eight and seven and they're looking at 90 minutes to fill ooh, that's a lot of juggling and they don't like that no so uh yeah it's not it's not a big deal but that's really the for match play in general individual match play that's why tv is averse to it because they can't predict when it's going to end as opposed to stroke play when they generally know so let's switch gears here for a second, Gare. <clears throat> um, it's been a it's 
been an interesting year. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, we thought we were all going to be sprung free from COVID doctrine and some states like where I live, that hasn't really happened. Although the, you know, some of us had just said, no, we're going, but then they came out with more mandates and all that. So that's on the personal side. But my thoughts are as far as uh, where golf is right now, I think golf's in a good, uh, a good spot. I noticed that I talked to some of the local course managers and stuff around here They've made their benchmark in number of rounds. There's more, uh, you know, social tournaments and stuff, private corporate tournaments going on. The sales, as far as equipment and clothing and stuff, has done pretty well. What's your take on that? Yeah, I did an article last year. You know, the headline was that the pandemic saved golf. Right. And clearly the pandemic did save golf. Golf was going down the drain with dwindling play. And the pandemic, I mean, it's been a miracle. It's turned it around. I know, of course, uh, near me in Pittsburgh, they went up, they closed up uh, right before the pandemic started, and they got to be kicking themselves. It's been sitting there two years. Now it's got nothing but pushing up weeds. And they just missed. They would have had the best two summers of the course's existence. Sure. So it's miraculous. Nobody saw that coming. People can work from home. Even during the pandemic, when you had to wear masks, you didn't have to wear masks at a golf course. You're outdoors. It's like the safest place you could be, theoretically. And that's assuming the masks actually do anything, which we don't need to get into because right. they don't really. But uh, nobody saw this coming. Now, but, so the question now is, is golf is golf back on track to be a popular game? Or is this, are we eventually going to go back to work in office buildings and and all that stuff, and golf's going to die in the vine again, or have we hooked enough new people for golf to continue to go along the rate it is, or maybe even grow? Nike got out of golf for a pretty obvious reason. They saw no no growth and no hope for growth. And so they was like, well, it's not a business we want to be in if there's no growth. So they quit making equipment. They still make apparel. Um, so, I mean, that to me, that says it all. Nike didn't get where they are by being a bunch of adults. They're pretty smart. Right. Well, I go by, I, I live very close to uh, the OGA, which is the Oregon Golf Association. Their home course is, you know, just a few blocks from my house. And then if I go about 10 minutes up the road, there's Langdon Farms, which you always hear me mention in this show. And, and so I kind of use those two as a gauge to see um, just when I'm driving by not even when I'm there playing, when I'm driving by, there's always players on those courses. And I mean, Langdon is kind of famous around here for holding the most, you know, corporate tournaments and stuff. Sometimes in the middle of summer, they can do three a day if they really push them through. Point being is those courses are always pretty full and they've been that way for a while now. And uh, prior to the pandemic, which this goes to your point, Sometimes I would drive by the OGA course in the afternoon and there was nearly a, a soul around there. Now, because uh, I drive, the road cuts through, the it's kind of laid out in a housing development and stuff around it there. And I drive through like three or four of the holes to go to the grocery store or what have you. And there's always people there. So I think it's, I think people have rediscovered it. At least I can speak to that from where I live. I think that, 
the interest in golf and actually some people that maybe played when they were younger and then they gave it up because they got busy in life and work and kids and all that, they're back playing. And so I'm hopeful that, like you said in your article, that the pandemic really did kind of save golf and for a good time to come. That's my thoughts. Well, it's, it's stuck through last year into this year. I think this year was the big question. People didn't think it would, and it, it has lasted. Yeah. And I'm allergic, I'm allergic to driving past the golf course where the first hole's empty. Yeah. <laughs> I see that my car automatically turns in there and I have to play. I can't help it. It's not my fault. <laughs> Uh, and on the other, I mean, I have one goal in life as probably you do. I, I just want to play unimpeded. Yeah. So if I see open golf holes, I'm pulling in and the pandemic, you know, I mean, I don't want to, I'm being facetious somewhat, but it's the worst thing that ever happened. There's people in my way now, <laughs> a lot of people. So it's great for the courses. I'm happy for all the owner, you know, Yeah. and it's fun to play golf with people. But if you want to go out and get some holes in and play quickly it's a little more difficult but it's it's been it's been stunning everywhere that you know it's went from you don't need a tea time to you can't get a tea time and nobody could have predicted that nobody yeah i mean and you know we've got all these um different online booking services and now and like um, guy i played golf with a lot we went to college together and do some work together and he'll say um Hey, I'm open Thursday morning, and this may be the Saturday before. Let's see what we can find. And I'll go to all the websites for those courses, and you can't find a spot open. Um, if there is, there's room for one player, a single, not doubles or anything like that. So, uh, well, hey, Jeff, let's be blunt. Those people are ruining golf for us. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They're getting in our way. And that's bad for us. Might be good for golf. It's bad for us. Which is more important? I think we know. Yes, we know. We know. And and they should. I hope they all listen to this show and pay attention, so that when Jeff or Gary want to play on a Thursday morning, there's, you know, nobody in front of us and four groups behind us before somebody shows up. So that would be good. We don't. We, hey, we don't. We don't sound anything like the, the old guy next door. Ah, you damn kids, get off my lawn! Yeah, we don't sound like him at all. When I, here, here's a offbeat story. But when my grandfather was alive, this was a long time ago, and I was a kid. He'd sit out on his front porch, and we lived way out in the country, and we lived five miles from my grandfather. He'd sit on his porch, and I won't use the descriptive terms that he would use because. Even in the internet, I probably get kicked off. But uh, he'd say, "Look at those blank blanks driving down my road," and uh, it was always kind of funny because you know if you got a car that drove by like every ten minutes, it was a big deal back then. You know, yeah. And uh, he'd he'd get mad because they were on his road. <laughs> it was well, pretty funny. That's the way we are. That's the way we are. Gary Van Sickle, it is always such a pleasure to talk to you and have you on the show, man. I just, I love reading your stuff, and but I, I always enjoy really talking to you, Gary, and thanks for taking the time again, again and again, and All right. it won't be the last time, I promise. Okay, I'll see you at SI.com. There you go. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. Go out and play some golf and have fun, everybody. Take care. <laughs>